Welcome back for another episode of Counting the Stars. I'm Mary Gillum, and I'm here for morning coffee with my husband, Malone Gillum, where we ponder and discuss the big questions of life. Who are we? Why are we the way we are? What is truth and what is fiction? And just as endless as the stars in the sky are, our exploration never runs out of new questions and discoveries. So grab a cup of coffee for yourself if you like, and join us as we dive into what's unfolding this week. Let's focus in on seeing a little more of life and truth and do some growing up together as family. Here we go. Well, good morning. Good morning. It is Monday again. The weeks just fly right by. Last day of August. Yeah. So it's not a shameless plug. It's just a, um, uh, I think it's an objective truth myself, but I am your wife, that yesterday you preached one of the best sermons you've ever preached. It was awesome. Wow. <laughs> and it's posted on YouTube. I need to list that in the notes. Is it St. Paul's YouTube or is it your personal YouTube? I think it's Malone Gillum. Well, yeah, it's unlisted. It only goes to the people that get the link. Why is it unlisted? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it was set up. You need to make that public. That's easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason to hold that back from people because it's so helpful and so grounded and so needed, not just all the time, but gosh, people are sure looking for rays of hope right now. Well, I guess you brought it up. They don't know what you're talking about. You want to give a like five minute? I, I want you to see if you remember it. Um, so here's here the beautiful thing about spirituality <laughs> and and God speaking to us and the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us is that uh, we're dealing with a heavenly family who knows us intimately um, and so they're going to help us uniquely in the ways that each one of us needs to be helped. Mm -hmm. And then also collectively helping us in the season that we're living in. So um, when you come to, uh, as a seeker, looking for help from a loving God and open up your heart to say, hey, what... What do you have to help me? I need help. And we are all in that place, whether we admit it or not. Um, but you can trust God to speak to you in the way that, that you need and to give you the help that you need in the, in the time you're in. Um, so I think that's a great starting point. Um, and, and of course, as I said, it's our heavenly family is a loving one. So when I say family, I mean the Holy Trinity of Father, of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit um, living in perfect harmony and 
bringing about creation of all things and all people from that. And that's our identity. That's who we are. Um, but Malone talked yesterday about um, a passage from Romans about um, hope. Well, it was one of the later chapters where Paul is encouraging, which he does a lot in his letters, that pattern. At the end, he begins to encourage the people he's writing to. And I just focused on one sentence that said, Rejoice in hope. Um, be, be patient in suffering. And um, persevere in prayer. And simply that that hope the way it's defined in Greek, that word is um, the expectation of something certain. So it's not wishful thinking. And that it also has the connotation that it's hoping for something good. So that something good is certain, not something bad or uh, punishing. So that we rejoice in the fact that God is with us and for us and uh, that's easy to forget. But in the midst of that, we go through life. And so we have to be patient in our sufferings. Um, and particularly during this day and age right now, it's because we don't know what to expect or how long this will last. And it's easy to become impatient. So it doesn't Tell us that our hope rests in our circumstances, changing to where everything's just nice, but that we're patient in our sufferings. Um, that, you know, the, the climate today of the virus and the politics is even tearing at families, you know, uh, family members being opposed to one another and arguing and becoming bitter. Um, so how can we be patient in the midst of these things and uh, I think Paul then leads us right into persevere in prayer, which prayer, from my understanding, is simply the the life we have in conversation with God rather than sitting down to perform some ritual that consists of asking or thanking God for particular things, which is kind of what we've turned prayer into, but just our just like I would talk to Mary throughout the day, I view prayer as just the conversation that I have throughout the day uh, between me and God. And um, and the main thing I wanted to highlight there is we're tempted to want someone to tell us how to do that. And... I've just, in my years of ministry and my years of being a believer and a Christian, one of the things for me that I've come to believe is that God wants the relationship, the prayer, the conversation to be between me and Him and not because I read somebody's book and they told me what to do. Because then I'm just living a proxy relationship from one of many authors who say this is the way to have a purpose-driven life or a, a better prayer life or the power of a praying husband or the power and all of that are their principles and I'm not saying they're bad but they were for that person who wrote the book and that's fine um, but I'm 
I'm convinced that we just develop our own relationship with God and we don't rely on someone else's formula to get us there. Um, so it's harder work, but it's actually authentic work rather than, oh, well, I did the right things. I followed A, B, and C, and so now I have a more productive prayer life, which is an illusion. So that was kind of what my sermon was about. It was super, super, super. And I think that, you know, all people are trying to figure out what do we do in the midst of all this suffering? Um, and there is there are not a lot of messages saying, be patient in the suffering. <laughs> because that seems, that seems contrary to progress in an American mindset. It seems like you should no. find your way out of the suffering. Right. And <laughs> so actually the very end of my sermon, which I didn't say, is maybe one of the most important important pieces is I said expect to have moments when you don't rejoice that you actually despair and that you're not patient in your suffering and that you lose your patience and that you have not persevered in prayer but that that relationship has lapsed because it is going to happen and that's just the way it is Uh, but that uh the image that I brought of teaching my daughters, our daughters, how to ride bicycles is when they would fall, you know, to go help them up and encourage them and say, you know, let's try this again. And that's what God is doing with us, uh, that we're growing into more mature people and we're going to not get it right, you know, not only sometimes, but maybe a lot of the time. But he is infinitely patient, and he's, he dusts us off and says, oh, let's do this again. Uh, rather than, um, I didn't use this image in the sermon I preached yesterday, but it is in the one online. I don't know how many of you saw Ghostbusters, but at the beginning of that film, Bill Murray plays this kind of uh, professor guy who's interested in ESP, Uh, reading you know people reading thoughts and stuff and he's got these people a average boy and then this beautiful girl who are trying to figure out what is on these cards that he's holding up and every time they get it wrong or the boy gets it wrong he gets you know shocked and I think a lot of us feel like that's our relationship with God when we get something wrong we get punished you know wrong try again and that's not god's heart at all i mean that's just uh, it's so unfortunate that that's the way we view god sometimes uh we would not do that as parents uh certainly not as loving parents but you know to expect failure is part of the package and to keep trying and going forward and moving forward so it's not just do it right or you get punished, <clears throat> but it is, it's the honest engagement of life, which is, which consists of victory and uh, places where we fall. Yep. I totally agree. And it's one of my pet peeves about the way people, um, 
I, I believe, misunderstand prayer, is that they think that prayer is that kind of recipe to change their circumstances and then get a pat on the back for doing it right, um, as if there were a prescription that is right. And they're missing out on the opportunity in the middle of their suffering and their hard circumstances and their struggles. They're missing out on developing intimacy with God where the God of all comfort comforts you, you know, in the middle of your suffering. And he doesn't necessarily pull you out, but he says, I am right here and let's get to know each other. Absolutely. I mean, it treats God as a cosmic vending machine that I put in my spiritual coin, which is prayer, and I pull the lever and I'm supposed to then have dropped to the bottom and pull out whatever I'm asking for. And that's not a relationship. I mean, in human terms, it'd be like, I don't know, maybe the the rich parent or the rich uncle or whatever, and you simply use them to get what you want, but you don't really engage them because you're interested in them at all. It's just like, I know if I can pull the right strings, daddy will get me a new car. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not you're not interested in daddy at all you're just interested in your own circumstances in the car and we treat and when we pray we're often asking for good things that may not seem as selfish as a new car for ourselves although i know people who have prayed for that too but we still get um get it backwards even when we're asking for good things because we're we're treating god as the purveyor of uh, something I want rather than uh, approaching him on his own terms that we want to relate to him and that he's obviously trying to give us what is best for us already. Yeah. So what a great time. I was just talking to my oldest daughter who is in graduate school yesterday and she was sharing just the the atmosphere that we're all living in today, and she called it um, a scary time. And I thought she meant physically. I thought she meant, like, I'm scared of getting sick. I'm scared of the coronavirus. But when she clarified herself, she she meant it's scary in terms of um, interacting with people because <laughs> mm. people are scary, you know, and, and they're volatile and they're rash and and they're judging what you say and what you do and then (laughs) and it's just um it's like a live wire flying through the air and you got to go out there and negotiate the live wire and so um when we're in the middle of something like that Gosh, what a great opportunity to mature as family with God and have Him teach us what eternal life is in the middle of standing beside a live wire. How you can actually have peace and have hope and rest in Him regardless of your circumstances. Yeah, what comes to my mind immediately, Mary, is a word that nobody likes anymore. Um, unless they're on the the ordering end of it. 
and that is the word submission. We all want someone else to submit to our ideas or our whims or our ideology or our politics or our religion, but nobody wants to submit themselves. And yet submission is such a part of what it means to be a follower of Christ, that we're to submit to one another, which is, which means we just chill out and quit demanding our own way. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And heck, we might even enjoy it if we'll just, uh, you know, lighten up a little bit. Um, but with so many live wires out there, as you say, that uh, are hell-bent on not submitting at all, it makes it tough to negotiate. So I think one of the um, ways that, and I'm not always good at this, that I try to approach some of this is to submit when it's, and by that I mean, you know, you could also say pick your battles or whatever, but to, to not think everything's got to just work out the way I think it needs to work out um, because everyone seems to be living their lives that way. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, and I'm not sure where this phrase comes from. I'm sure you know there are probably books that were written about persons of peace. Um, this is a, a great time to look for the people of peace around you and to hang with them <laughs> because you're influenced by the people that you hang with. Um, and if you're going to hang with the angry people, it'll rub off. Yeah. So, Absolutely. So we do have choices. We do have options. Um, and if you don't have those people that you see around you right now, just take a big step back, take a deep breath, refocus, and start looking for them, and they'll show up. Yeah, that's good. And while you can't avoid those people all the time, uh, and we're not supposed to because, you know, they may – it might be us. <laughs> it may be people in our family. But when there's a lot of drama in your life, step back and look at who am I, who am I hanging out with either in person or virtually? And is, are they full of drama? Mm -hmm. And uh, has it rubbed off on me? And now everything, every little molehill becomes a mountain. And, um, and we have to deal with those people. And again, sometimes that's us until we, you know, begin to get a clue and some self-awareness ourselves. But that's so right. Um, find people um, that you have in your lives that are uh, those people who submit and are patient in suffering and rejoice in hope because that also rubs off um, on us. Mm-hmm. And those, oddly enough, those people would not always call themselves Christians? No. Absolutely not. <clears throat> but that doesn't mean that they're not operating, being influenced by God's Spirit. Yeah. Um, and that is something that the church, at some point, is going to have to get over. Um, it's become such an us-and-them situation. Um where I like what 
our friend Baxter Kruger says about it. He says it's it's not us and them or in or out. He said it's the better designation is believer-unbeliever, that there are people who believe that Jesus is the reason we have peace and whatnot, and there are people who don't believe that. But just because they don't believe it doesn't mean that they sometimes participate in it unwittingly uh, because God is extending His peace and His mercy to everyone. Yeah. Sometimes it is easier to see the nature of God and the nature of who we truly are in people outside of the church. Yeah. Well, yeah, just look at the Scriptures. I mean, in the Gospel accounts, who were the people that submitted the most, who tend, seemed to have the most peace, and who flocked to Jesus? Well, it was the sinners. Mm-hmm. And when you looked at the religious people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the scribes, <clears throat> the religious leaders, they wouldn't submit. They demanded submission, and they were about as contrary and drama-filled uh, troglodytes as you'd want to be around. So, yeah, don't make the mistake that just because somebody calls themselves a Christian... Uh, that you're going to find peace in that harbor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. All right, I'm feeling full of hope and peace, ready for another week. Absolutely. Second cup of coffee done? Almost. This is coffee from... uh, I forget the exact name of it, but if y'all know Hugh Jackman, who is the Wolverine in the uh, X-Men films, he does some coffee, and I forget if it's out of Africa, another film. Uh, I think it is. But anyway, this is some of his Hugh Jackman's blend. Does it make (laughs) you feel like a Wolverine? I've never seen that movie. I don't know if that's good or bad. I've never seen it either, but... uh, (laughs) No, but I like that the coffee's good. It is good. (laughs) All right. Have a good one. Love you. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. We hope you feel encouraged and included in all of these discussions. Above all, we really want you to know that you matter. And we're all really just one big family. So until next week, keep noticing your stars, enjoy your freedom to explore life, and just take it one step at a time.